Hello, everybody. Welcome in to Sports Plus. If you're watching us live on Thursday night and you're listening on the podcast, I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Cusimano, who's in the studio. Uh, we have got quite a bit to talk about. First of all, first things first, let's get to the Cardinals because we're running out of chances to talk about the Cardinals. They are in the midst of their final series here against Milwaukee. Just five games left, <laughs> fighting for a playoff spot. Frank, it's going to come down to maybe even an extra day to make up games against the Tigers. I'm excited to watch how this plays out. The Cardinals recently haven't given me a lot of hope to make a, make me a very enthused about their chances here against Milwaukee, but uh, they got a chance, and that's all you can ask for, especially them in this crazy year. Yeah, losing two out of the three uh, to the Royals in Kansas City was not inspiring, Corey, but I think their pitching looks pretty good for this weekend. You got KK tonight, you'll have Flaherty, you'll have Wainwright, likely Gomber. You're right, too. Uh, the last thing you want to do is go to Detroit on Monday to determine, you know, the, the seeding for the wild card. And basically, it could be for getting into the postseason. If the season were to end tonight, it would be the Cardinals against the Padres. And the Padres have gotten some bad news lately with Clevenger's situation and uh, with Fernando Tatis Jr. having a really brutal month. So, look, the Padres had a much better season, but if the Cardinals were to face San Diego and they're pitching was in order, who knows what could happen. Cardinals have had good success against the Padres in the playoffs, but it feels like we're coming down the stretch, but like you just said there, there's still a whole lot to be determined. Uh, we don't know who they're going to play. We don't know uh, what the pitching is going to be like. We don't, Somebody's got a hit for this team at some point. Uh, but to go back to a point I said, I think if you're the Cardinals – you feel good to just even be in this position. When they were in that break of uh, COVID quarantine, I didn't even know if we would even be talking about a postseason. And although it hasn't been pretty, for them to be in the conversation after going through what worse than any other team in the league had to go through, I think that's still pretty impressive. Absolutely, and I think a lot of the credit uh, belongs with uh, Mike Schilt just kind of keeping things together. I mean, he got Dexter Fowler hitting, then Dexter Fowler leaves. He got KK pitching pretty well, then KK leaves. Carlos Martinez is gone. Miles Michaelis is gone. Jordan Hicks is gone. And yet here they are contending. Now, granted, they're you know, basically a 500 team. But if you can get in the postseason, I think that shows some guts and some courage. Let's talk about something else we could see. Uh, if you're watching this live, uh, Yadier Molina just got hit 1,999. He could get 2,000 tonight. Uh, I think this should be a big deal around baseball, and I don't think it's been talked about as much as it should be. For He would be the only the 12th primary catcher in baseball history to get 2,000 hits. Now, 3,000 is really the magical one, uh, but when you're a catcher, 2,000 is a big deal, and he'd only be the sixth Cardinal to do it all with St. Louis. This is going to be a big deal when it happens, and I'm really excited. Yeah, so am I. And, you know, when you think about it, I think it's, it's, it's a little over 2,000 games. It's a little over 16,000 innings where the guy, you know, got down in a squat position in 95-degree heat and tried to catch 100-mile-an-hour fastballs and then take four at-bats. And, you know, his career offensively is very similar to Ozzie Smith where you just didn't know initially if he ever was going to be productive. And here he is at age 38, you know, hitting like 270. It's an absolutely amazing existence. You know, I, I had a long conversation with Tony La Russa, his first manager. 
And Larusa did something really smart early in his career. There was a time when Yachty was hitting in the low 200s, and there were times to take him out for a pinch hitter, but Larusa felt that I need to show him confidence because one day it's going to pay off for Larusa, it's going to pay off for the organization, and he's going to be a good offensive player. And he didn't strike out that much, even when he was hitting in the low 200s. He made contact, and he's just really developed into a really nice hitter, and it's going to be great to see number 2,000. It's going to be fun. Uh, Saturday should be fun, too. Adam Wainwright's supposed to be on the hill for his last start of the year uh, with Molina behind the plate. It looks like things are trending. Wainwright's having an incredible season, MVP of the team. They'll probably bring him back. Molina, I, we think they'll be able to get something done, too, there. But there's a real possibility this could be, on Saturday, the last time we see these guys pair up uh, on the on the mound and behind the plate with the Cardinals. What do you think uh, about that and uh, next year possibly? Well, they have to be smart about Molina's contract and about his money. I mean, I think they realize they made a mistake with Matt Carpenter, the two-year contract extension. Not the exact same situation, but similar. Um, and the, uh, look, there's nothing more than Bill DeWitt wants than to see Yadier Molina finish his career as a Cardinal. And think about this. There's only two Cardinal Hall of Famers who started their careers with the Cardinals and played their entire careers with the Cardinals, and that's Bob Gibson and Stan Musial. So they're going to do everything possible. And I think if, if Yachty is just reasonable, I think it, it's going to get done. I feel better about Yachty staying in St. Louis than I do about Alex Petrangelo staying in St. Louis. <laughs> that's a good point. We'll get to that here in a second. Last thing Cardinals-wise, I uh, don't want to... Uh, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but they, the Cardinals still do have a pretty good percentage chance to make to make the postseason. Uh, they could get some help from some other teams as well. If you're if you have a first uh, that first match, if you can set your rotation any way you want, you're going Flaherty, Wainwright, Kim, right? Those are your three main horses uh, for the postseason. Without question, uh, Dakota Hudson would have been an interesting option, but we may not see Dakota for a long, long time. But Especially, well, you know what? You won't get any games in Bush Stadium where Kim has not allowed a run as a starting pitcher. But, yeah, I'm very comfortable in that. And Jack makes sense, you know, going in game one, too. And I think that's why the Cardinals have a chance because we've watched this whole season. The Padres are a much better team than the Cardinals. They just are. They're going to hit circles around them. But if you have this three-game playoff, you run into Flaherty, Wainwright, Kim, they're all on or just two of them are on and you're already home. So I think if the Cardinals get in the playoffs and their pitching is on, they could really be a problem. Yeah, they got to score at least one run, though, with those guys. And with this offense, <laughs> that's highly debatable. That's a good point. Uh, let's move on here. Mizzou football, uh, talk some SEC. We haven't talked college football in a long time. Didn't even know if we'd have it this year, but we do. Uh, Mizzou starts on Saturday, and it could not be any harder. They open up against Alabama and Nick Saban. This really, this first year, I feel pretty bad for Coach Drinkwitz. Coming right into, the, I mean, he's fired up saying all the right things, but this guy gets a pandemic dropped on him. He gets a all-SEC schedule that's the hardest in the country dropped on him. It's going to be a rough slog for Mizzou, but I think uh, the guys that are on the team and definitely Coach Drinkwitz are going to learn a lot about themselves this year. Well, uh, we had uh, Mr. College Football Tony Barnhart on the radio today, and I thought he brought up a great point. Uh, Mizzou is going to have Alabama, then they're at Tennessee, then they're at LSU. And I said, well, 
how do you judge it? He goes, I, you can't judge it on wins and losses. You, you just judge it on how well they play, how well they execute. It, it's, you know, best case scenario, it's a four and six season, maybe a three and seven season. But it is the most daunting schedule. And, you know, I, I hope, the only thing I'm worried about is this, is they have a bunch of commitments, recruiting-wise. And I don't want a three and seven season to have a recruit change his mind, or even a four and six season. I hope these recruits believe in the process, believe in the man, and know that it's gonna be special there one day. But you know what, 18 year old kids can be fickle, and who knows what could happen when it comes down to signing on the dotted line. That's a good point, Frank. Yeah, they, the Mizzou has, I looked it up, I think they have the 21st rated recruiting class in 2021. So we've seen Drinkwitz, knows how to talk to these kids, knows how to recruit. We'll see if he can put it together on the field with what he was left over from Barry Odom and a lot of newcomers. And it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be pretty ugly at some times. But I think Mizzou fans know uh, just to deal with it because they think they got the right guy uh, because everything Drinkwitz has said up to this point has been perfect for, I think, what you want to see in a college head coach. Yep, I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's move on to the last thing that you mentioned earlier. You feel better about uh, Yachty coming back than Alex Petrangelo. Let's dive into the latest Petrangelo news. Uh, reports coming out that him and the Blues are in a stalemate, and the Blues have advised him to go uh, see what he can do on the free agent market. I was really thinking if something was going to get done, it was going to get done quick. And so now I am not very optimistic. I think Alex Petrangelo is going to be gone, getting more money somewhere else. What do you think? I think Doug Armstrong has a number in his mind of how high he can go with Alex Petrangelo. And I'm not sure exactly on the years. We know that, that he's with the Blues, so the Blues can give him that extra year. I don't know if the Blues will go that extra year. But I think it's, it's somewhere you know, around $8 million. And I think that other teams are going to offer $9 million, and who knows even more than that. So Doug Armstrong, uh, I've always said, is the smartest guy in the room. And he has good young defensemen uh, in the organization and on the roster right now. I mean, Colton Pareko should be emerging as a star right now. Vince Dunn is a, is a high risk but, you know, very skilled player. So um, I think they're going to... They're going, to give them, they're going to take their best shot, and I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them. If they don't get them, then maybe think about you know, a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, who's having a nice series with, um, with Tampa Bay in the finals. And he's not Alex Petrangelo, but he also could be a really good, play on the, a good player on the power play. I think you just got to be careful. You know, this salary cap's going to be flat. You can't give it all to one guy. Uh, the, the scary thing is this, is is if number 91, Vladimir Tarasenko, doesn't come back and Alex Petrangelo doesn't come back, well, you got like four elite players from your Stanley Cup team. Those two, Ryan O'Reilly and your goaltender, Jordan Bennington. You've lost half of them. Can you be as good a team? I don't know. Maybe the Blues are going to have to take a step back here next year. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's, a, that's a, a good way to look at it. I do think not signing them could open up some interesting uh, opportunities they may not have thought of. Hopefully, uh, 
I don't think there would. I definitely don't think there would be a leadership void. We know there's guys on this team that can step in and fill the role of a captain if it's a Ryan O'Reilly or somebody else. Uh, from just a skill perspective, if they don't bring Petrangelo back, it's going to be apparent out there. But they do have some young guys. I like Nico Mikola a lot. Uh, he's not. He's not Alex Petrangelo, but he's a big guy. I think who could end up contributing. So we'll have to see how it goes, but right now I don't think it looks good if you were hoping Alex Petrangelo was going to come back to St. Louis. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. We'll be back We'll be back maybe sooner than next Thursday, uh, talking depending on what the Cardinals are doing here, if they have to play on Monday or if they're heading to the playoffs. We'll break down uh, who their opponent is and everything you can look for. Thanks for watching if you tuned in live or if you downloaded and listened on our podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, thanks for listening. Take it easy, everybody.